You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. And then today in week three, we're going to talk about 1 Samuel 18, and we'll go to uh, chapter 24 as well. And we're going to talk a little bit about David's relationship with Saul and how David demonstrated kindness even when Saul was trying to kill him. And so that sounds like a fun Sunday. And so uh, that's where we're going to go. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 18. I'm going to read and then we'll pray. It says, when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with trembles and lyres as they danced and sang. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. They refra- this refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Let's pray. Father, we love you and God, we want so much to be a people who are humble like David and not filled with pride. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be a people that demonstrate kindness and not anger. Lord, we ask that we would take your word and that we'd be able to apply it to our lives and that we would live as Christ followers in 2018 that look like and talk like and are like Jesus. We love you and we honor you and everybody said amen. A few weeks ago, it was fun uh, when we had Pastor Les Beecham, who pastors a great church uh, up in Nebraska, in Omaha, and he was here, and, and I told you about him, and he and I have a, a longtime friendship for the last 15 years, and he's 60 years old, and he's just so proud of me, and I didn't even know how much he liked me until he came to town, and uh, we went to dinner, and he just kept telling me how great Radiant Church is, and what a miracle it is, and all that God is doing, and how proud of he was of me, and I just started to like him more and more, and... Uh, then he stood up here, and I was just sitting right down there as he started talking, and I expected him to say, turn with me in your Bibles, da-da-da, and he was like, do you guys know how great David Perkins is? And I was just, I love this guy. He's coming back. Like, this is my favorite speaker, you know? Like, he, he was just so <laughs> encouraging, and he was so excited and so proud, and just, he just breathed life into Renata, uh, Renata and I, and we just loved it, and you're kind of like that, too, if you've got children. I've got four kids, and, and sometimes, you know, I like to just post. I just, I was, I've been posting my son a lot recently, and I just got, I got two little girls and two sons, and I just, man, I just like posting pictures of them just because I like them, just because I can't help but celebrate them and so grateful for them, and, and you guys do that, too. I've watched. You'll, you'll post things about your kids, and it's like, hey, my son just won this ribbon. And it's like, what is that? But it's worth posting because it's your kid. And it might not even be that great. They just won a race. Woohoo! There was only two kids, but they won. And you're like so proud, you know, like, mm, that's my boy or that's my daughter. And there's that enthusiastic delight from a parent. Well, realistically, that's how Saul should be responding to young David. I mean, in reality, here's David. And he's the young man that goes into the palace and helps Saul when Saul is filled with rage and anger and he plays music for him. Here's David, the young man, and goes out and fights Goliath, the threat to Israel. And Saul, as king, should be overjoyed with the young man who steps forward and defeats Goliath. 
He should be so thrilled. He should be putting him on his Instagram. He should be so excited and proud. This is young David, who's the warrior who goes out and fights Saul's battles for him. This is young David, who's actually marrying Saul's daughter, best friends with Saul's son, Jonathan. I mean, if there is anybody that Saul should be excited about, he should not take this moment where these young ladies are singing this song, Saul is slain his thousands and David is ten thousands. He should not be upset. He should jump in and sing the third verse. Woohoo! that's right. And he slayed Goliath and he's marrying my daughter and he loves my boy, let's sing it again. But instead, we read in the text that he is filled with fear and anger and jealousy, and he sees David as a threat. And you can imagine the songs of Israel being declared about this young David. Instead of being excited, Saul's mad. Saul has slain his thousands. He's like, that's where the song should stop. What's up? Sing it again. But then the songs in Israel, but David! is tens of thousands. It's all like, right? And so this text is so interesting because it says, so Saul thought, hmm, what else could he take but the kingdom? So instead of celebrating the victory of young David, who's on his team, who is helping him, who is a part of his family, he is threatened and angry, and jealous, and it starts right there with the thought, what else could he take but the kingdom? Fear, me, I gotta fight for myself, I can't, and I just wanna take just that for a moment, I just want you to think about it in your own life. We're gonna read about Saul shifting to wanting to actually kill David, but where it started was a thought. Where it started was this thought, this fear beginning. What else? He's going to take what's mine. There's something that, that he, he's going to take the kingdom. It's, it's this fear. It's this threat. And I suggest to you, it's in many of our lives. Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's flipping through Instagram. Maybe it's, maybe it's Twitter. Maybe it's, but what? That person, what? Fear. Insecurity. And where it starts is a thought, goes to anger, and then from anger to some form of ungodly action. And so here's this moment where David actually develops an enemy for only, for only doing what God's called him to do because of jealousy. And so you and I, we've, we've got to process in those moments, those, those moments where you're tempted to become angry fearful, insecure, and our dream is to be like the present tense David who has currently got God's hand upon him. He's today's man, not yesterday's man. Saul started thinking not about God, but about self. And whenever you get consumed thinking about self, you start to become yesterday's anointed because it's about you. It's not about him. But David has got his eyes not fixed on self. David is the demonstration. He's the picture of humility. While when we read First and Second Samuel, Saul's the one that illustrates for us what it looks like to live with pride. And it's challenging because you and I, we live in a culture where we're told to live with pride, where it's actually applauded if you have some, 
some grit, some pride, some proud of yourself, it's you. And so the challenge is, is to live like a man after God's own heart that walks in humility. Look at this phrase, Saul was angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands. He thought, it's this thought. What more can he get? What more will he take? What could he take that belongs to me? And this action, this, I mean, this thought eventually becomes this action. And for you and I, it always starts in that seed form. And so let's begin with just this. When you start to feel that, when there's that temptation to become angry, when there's that temptation to try to lash out at someone else, when that thought comes, take it to God. If you do anything else, if you fester on it, if you think about it, it will grow into an action that you'll regret because it'll grow to anger and then revenge. And whenever there's revenge, eventually there's always regret. I um, had this happen to me, actually. I, I remember early 2000s, uh, just before Renata and I had four kids, we had time. And uh, we used to go... <laughs> We used to go to movies together on date night. And, uh, 2002, I, I, ha- I was going through this experience where I was really mad at this pastor, which I know that sounds bad, pastor, mad at a pastor, but it's true. And so I was, I, the, the quick response should have been, what it should have been is, mm, take that thought captive, not be upset at the person who had taken something from me, pray for them, forgive and forget, move on. But instead, on my date night, and I was, I was thinking about it, I was wrestling with it. And then we went to the movie and it didn't help that the movie was The Count of Monte Cristo, 2002, right? <laughs> Edmund Dantes, right? Like, I thought to myself, the story of, if you've seen it, is, is about one man who is resolute on getting revenge. And there's this moment in the movie where the guy, his friend says, you're the wealthiest man I have ever met. What do you want with your money? And he goes, revenge, you know? And I remember being like, yes, you know? Like, mm. And I actually remember walking to the car, planning out my Dantes plan. Like, here's the, th- here's the reality. We have moment after moment after moment like that where it can just start as a thought, man, the circumstance that didn't go my way, the, the person that hurt me in whatever capacity. And if you dwell on it, if you think about it and you allow anger to take seed in your heart, then eventually it will grow into revenge. And that's what happened with Saul because Saul, he didn't just have the thought, the thought then grew. And so then when we read, let's go to, Verse 10, the next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul, this demonic spirit. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre or the harp, you could say a guitar, playing an instrument as he usually did. David had, or Saul had a spear in his hand, which is interesting. And how many times, I encourage you to read through this as we're, as we're going through this David series to read First and Second Samuel. It's interesting, multiple times when we read about Saul, he's just carrying a spear. Like it's just part of who he is. He's always got a spear in his hand. Saul had a spear in his hand and he hurled it saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. And David alluded to him twice. Interesting idea here. Now, when we try to apply that to 2018 and you and I living our lives, most of us aren't throwing spears at each other. Um, If you are, you're probably going to jail. Um, So I don't really wanna talk about kind of that physical violence, but I, 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 (laughs) I wanna talk about it in terms of our words. 
Because kind of the way that we would do it today would be not to throw physical spears, but we can very much seek revenge by what we say, how we say it, who we say it to, where we say it. And sometimes in this age, electronically, we can get revenge. Like sometimes you've got a scheme in your head and it does not involve looking someone in the face. It's throwing shade in this weird way on Facebook. It's some bizarre way where out of anger, you have developed a strategy or a plan to seek revenge on another person. And in so doing, it's a way of throwing what, what I'm gonna call today a spear. It's a way of getting back at people. And so it's interesting to me in this text because just to start off, David doesn't get hit by the spear. And when, you, when, when, you, when we talk about this in terms of verbally, I, I wanna talk about the fact that David doesn't get hit. Now we know that David doesn't get hit because he's clearly strong and athletic. He's the guy that's able to, I mean, punch bears and lions. I mean, he's the guy that's able to defeat Goliath. And so David is without a doubt, you know, quick and strong. And, and so that's the reason why physically in reality, he, he gets away. But I, I wanna talk metaphorically about him dodging the spear as you dodging verbal spears, as you dodging when people say things to you that have the potential to injure you, as you being someone that is strategic and being quick and dodging spears and not allowing the things that have the capacity, maybe even the intention to hurt you to get in. Now, what I'm not saying is that we pretend like it doesn't exist. What I am saying is that you have such resolution to know God, to walk with him, to get rid of the things in your life that are addictions to the world, the way we say it is fine freedom, to have this resolution. God has a call on my life. He has wired me and created me in such a way that I want to know what my purpose is. And then I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna make a difference. I'm going to, you fill in the blank. I'm gonna care about the poor. I'm gonna make disciples. I'm gonna take care of young people. I'm gonna, you, however it is, I'm gonna jump on a 747 and go to another nation and make a difference. I'm gonna make a difference in Kansas City. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be somebody who fulfills the, the purpose of God in my life. When that is so strong in you, when that is so alive inside of you, then it's easier to not allow all the distractions, all the things that people say. And sometimes it's not to your face. In pastoring people, one of the things that I have found it, many times, it's, it's incidental. It's something that somebody else didn't even mean to do. They posted a picture on Instagram of their party and I'm not there, didn't receive the, ins, the invitation. I hate that person, right? Oh, you laugh. Oh, I just heard it. That's true, right? Because that's what happens. It's, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's, this is not just a verbal spear like looking at Paul Barker saying, you are ugly. It's, I'm not talking about that. I'm that's not true. But, oh, that's weird. I mean, never mind. And, but I'm talking about like where, where it's just stuff that just can get in. It's just, and so I'm talking about intentionally being someone that just dodges spears, that just, I just, I, I I'm not gonna allow it to get to me. I remember talking to a pastor friend of mine and, and, and I was so impressed with his response because there was these, these people that were challenging him and, and publicly saying, just challenging his ministry and, and saying some things about how he did things. And honestly, I, I was, I, I, man, I was like, I was ready to take up a spear for him. 
Like I was like, let's go. I got a chip on my shoulder. Who you want to take out? Like, let's go. You know, like I, I was, I couldn't, I was, I was frustrated. And I remember talking to him and he said to me, he's about 20 years older than me. And he said, it's a great phrase. He, I, I, he said, David, I, I, I've, I've got too big of a call in my life to get distracted by those people talking about me. Okay, here's what that was. He was dodging the spear. Very easily could have jumped in, got distracted, just allowed that to get to him, all right? And I think that's one of the best things that we can learn, especially as this new church where it's so easy socially to allow, oh, I didn't, I didn't get this or that person didn't say the right thing. And well, you know, I, I was actually standing there at church on Sunday and that person walked by and didn't say, ah, oh, do they know who I am? All that, you know, like all, where, where you actually have this ability to find out, and this is where David ha- gets his strength. David has this confidence. A, I was anointed. Back in 1 Samuel 16, God, Samuel came. God has chosen me. God's chosen you. I, I, I remember before that, I killed some lions and some bears by the strength of God. Yeah, God, God's used me before. Yeah, then I went, I faced Goliath. I faced the number one foe of Israel and God was with me. So David has this strength to just, yeah, you know what, Saul, I'm gonna dodge this and it's not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna injure me. It's not gonna destroy what God's called me to do. And I love this. And not only does he dodge spears, but I just wanna h- highlight this. He doesn't pick spears and throw back. Yeah. That's often what we do, right? Like, it's like, you said that, well, well, let's say this, you know, and here's the crazy part. In our culture, it's often applauded. Stand up for yourself. I don't get mad. I get even. Yeah, you're a independent. You do, right? But it's not the Jesus way. <laughs> it's not the way that we're wanting to live. The whole story that we read about in First and Second Samuel, I mean, when we're trying to identify with characters is the difference between a David who is humble and trusts God to intervene Versus Saul, who starts to look at himself and do things his way. And so the challenge for you and for me is to jump in and say, God, I'm going to trust in you. You intervene. And I love this idea of not getting distracted by the, the, the rat race of trying to get back at all my enemies. The rat race of what everybody thinks about me. The rat, because you've got a call. You've got a purpose. There's, there are things that God has placed inside of you that if you're trying to shut down everybody who might say something negative about you, it'll be the rest of your life trying to shut those people down. It'll distract you. It'll injure you. It'll get you off course. All right, I'm gonna use another movie reference. Sorry, the second one, but uh, we're just gonna go there. I'm a child of the 80s. Anybody, anybody like child of the 80s? Born in the 70s, child of the 80s? Got a, okay, two. All right, so that's all right. Paul was born like 2011, right? So, all right, so. <laughs> I always pick on the youth pastor. I learned that in my last church. I was there 20 years. I was like, ah, oh, David. All right, so anyways. But I, I, I grew up loving the movie. Did you just see Princess Bride? Did you see the Princess Bride? Yeah, the Princess Bride. And, and, and of course, my favorite character is Inigo Montoya, right? Because Inigo Montoya, he's just like, mm, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die, right? And this is so great. Just love that guy, right? And so his, his whole life is about revenge. His whole life is seeking revenge for the guy that killed his father. And it's crazy because at the very end of the movie, after he's accomplished that revengeful one person, 
he looks at the man in black and he says, hmm. he says, I've been in the revenge business so long, I, I don't know what to do with my life. <laughs> Here's what I want to tell you. Listen, if you get in the revenge business, it will distract you. You won't know what to do with your, because you're just trying to put out these little fires. And it's a comment on Instagram. It's a, it's a, it's a text. It's a conversation. It's people. And, and, and I'm telling you, there's a bigger purpose. There's a bigger reason. If David had got all wrapped up in, I'm going to destroy Saul, you talk about a distraction. He would have become Saul. He would have become the very thing that God was replacing in Saul. And David had to stay focused on, you know what? My strength does not come from self. My strength comes from God. And so God, I trust in you. And so then after chapter 18, we have multiple chapters of David in the wilderness. And Saul builds an army where he's seeking to destroy David. He's seeking to kill David. Think about that. Think about, here's, I mean, it begins, the way that we see it beginning is the women of Israel. Saul has slain his thousands. And David has tens of thousands. And Saul, it's where it, be, it begins with the girls' songs. And it snowballs into, I'm gonna take him out. Because then it's not just spears in the palace, but it becomes armies trying to surround David in the wilderness. And so then in 1 Samuel 24, it's a, a great story. And it's, it's the one I think that illustrates the heart of David the strongest. Because there's this moment where David has to make a choice. And it's the choice that you have to make all the time. It's the choice where you decide if you're going to seek revenge or if you're gonna trust God, if you'll let God avenge. Look at this, let's read it. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 24. It reads like this. After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, Philistines, he was told David is in the desert of En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all Israel and set out to look for David and, met, and his men near the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there and Saul went in to relieve himself. That means go to the bathroom. No jokes, just that's it. David and his men were far, he laughed anyway. David and his men were far back in the cave. So they're in the cave and now Saul who has an army and is trying to kill David actually comes in the men said to him, David's own guys said, this is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. And then David crept up unnoticed. Everybody thinks he's gonna kill him, unnoticed. And in the text it says, and he cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now I just want you to imagine this, all right? And to, so that you can imagine it, I'm gonna ask the man who is head and shoulders above the rest of us. Paul Barker, will you come up and represent Saul? This is, this is Saul right here, he's gonna represent. Let's get Paul a hand as he comes right here, yeah. And, and now this is, this is where we got a robe right here. This is actually from JCPenney, but it's, it's, it's the idea, all right? And so just, uh, he was, Saul was resting, so just kind of be resting. You don't relieve yourself. He, no, don't do that here, but just, no, no, don't do that, but do, yeah, just. And so the story is, is that, He was resting. So, so David, it's kind of that moment where they, we don't know. Maybe David's even trying to decide. Is he scared? You're, you can't be looking at me. <laughs> where David is, he's, he's making the choice. All right, my men are telling me, revenge. All right, but here's, here's the, 
Yeah, you can imagine. Da- <laughs> yeah, just turn around. I promise I won't kill you. <laughs> Where, <laughs> Listen, this is what youth pastors have to do. This is it. This is like, this is you being faithful in the field. All right? This is it. One day you'll tell stories about this. Okay, when I was the first a youth pastor. All right, anyways. All right. You're messing me up. All right. So then... So, so then David is deciding, all right, is it revenge or is it kindness? And his men have just said, hey, this is your moment. This is your, and of course, you know the story. David comes in, everybody's looking at him wondering, is he, gonna, is he gonna kill him? Is this finally the moment where David gets revenge on the man who is trying to kill him? Who There's thousands in the army trying to kill him. And David comes in and he just cuts off a piece of his robe. This is not working. So then the sword didn't work. So he just went and got some scissors in the cave. And he just cut off a piece of his rope. Hey, what's up, Saul? How you doing? All right. Okay, so then Saul walked out of the cave. Okay, so you can walk off the stage. And then David, yeah, that's right. Let's give him a hand. That's good. And so David holding up a piece of the robe then, David yells back at him. And I just, I love this phrase. He says, I will not lay hand on my Lord because he is the Lord's anointed. And David shows kindness instead of revenge, all right? It is, it is the Old Testament picture for us that lives in our minds when we have someone probably not throwing a spear or piercing you or hurting you physically, but, but probably something so incredibly painful, something that is, is so challenging and easy to preach about, and we know that. Easy to talk about. Yeah, honestly, it's easy to talk about it on a Sunday morning. But when it's Wednesday, when it's Friday, when there's those people that have injured you, that have, I mean, the challenge is, that have done you wrong, the challenge is to continue to walk in kindness. And here's the reality. In our lives, mistreatment, it's always gonna be there. Like it's not going anywhere. It's going to happen over and over again. And we're going to do our best to dodge, to, to not let stuff get to us. But there's, there's going to continue to be people that, that come after you, that, that hurt. And so it comes down to this. Will you show kindness? And when you show kindness, you're making a statement that I trust God. I'm not taking it into my own hands. I'll do this the Jesus way, God's way instead of my way. My way is, mm, I'm gonna show you. I'm, I don't get mad, I get even, which is being mad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this thing, take it into my own hands. And it, it, it never quits, it never quits. It, it's, it's always around. I, I think of, for me, honestly, when we first moved here, uh, Renata and I were in this season where we were talking to people about planting a church. And to be real with you, I mean, it was a huge life decision. Uh, I had a great job in Colorado and everything was going great, and, but I, I couldn't shake this desire. And I remember talking to this one guy and you know, when you're, for me, I was 39 when we came to town and anytime you're talking to someone who's like in their 50s, you know, I'm just trying to be, you know, very honorable and respectful. And, and this guy in his 50s, who I'm telling about the church, he looks back at me and he says to me, he says, Kansas City does not, I mean, he says it emphatically, like he's annoyed. Kansas City does not need another church. Now, this is not like a group of people where he says it and walks away. This is a one-on-one conversation. You know, like, 
And so, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to be like, mm. yes, it does. You know, like fight. Oh, I don't know. Where, ah, did you know that in say, quote, statistics that I'd learned in church plant school, you know, like <laughs> 7,000 churches shut down every year and only 4,000 new churches in America. And so if we don't, I mean, if we don't have more churches, we're going to lose them. Ah, I mean, I want to go crazy on the guy, right? But I was just like, looked at the smile, kind of did my Oklahoma, let's well, fixing to get another one, brother. You know, like, that's it. Bless you. You know, like, and I'm just telling you, like, over and over and over again, our response is just this. It has to be, okay, God, in my flesh, I want to throw the spear back. In my flesh, I want to come and stab. I want to get vengeance. But read how David responds. Look at this. Verse 11, see my father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. And he holds it up. I cut off the corner of your robe, but I did not kill you. See, there is nothing in my hand to indicate that I'm guilty of wrongdoing or or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you are hunting me down to take my life. May the Lord judge between you and me and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hand will not touch you. So here's what I want you to see in David. David had this unending confidence that God would intervene. I'm going to just let, I'm just going to let God do it. You know, God saved me from the lion and the bear. God saved me from Goliath. God anointed me. You know what? I'm just going to let the Lord do it. I could, the easy way right now is just to take you out. And here I am running from cave to cave while you have armies trying to kill me. But even still, I'm not laying down at night, scheming plans in my head on how to take revenge. Instead, I'm trusting God. My prayer for you today is that just that one idea. As you walk through your journey, and honestly, as we do relationships here, because right now we're a brand new church and it's fun and everybody you meet, it feels like they must be awesome. Like they're awesome But you know what? When we do life together for a while and we start trying to reach the city together and do some projects and and we try to reach kids together and reach some teenagers and help the poor together and try to touch the nations together and then somebody does something wrong to you and somebody, whether in negligence or sin, hurts you, this idea has got to be bedrock in who we are. We've got to have this. Dodge as many spears as you can so that, I like the way that, that, uh, says, that Eugene Peterson says it when he talks about um, that you don't turn a shade of bitter. If you get hit by a spear, you'll turn a shade of bitter. That you, just, that you don't get hit, but that you demonstrate kindness. And the only way that you'll get there, it's not just gritting your teeth. I'm gonna love you. I don't feel it. It is this great confidence God is at work. It's the amazing thing about David's life. We talked about it with Goliath. God will deliver. It's this unending language. God is at work in my life. Most of us, it is easy to think, uh, I'm just kind of living my life and I, I don't know how much God is involved. Friends, you serve a God. He is at work. God does stuff. God is involved in your life. And David had this great confidence. It's not mine to avenge. Let God do that. Let God be at work. 
Let God do his, when God wants me to step into the palace, I'll step into the palace, but I am not gonna kill you in the cave. And that, if that goes, if that goes deep in us, if we've got a mentality, then it's really trust. God in your timing. God in your way. Temptation in the cave. My timing, my way. The God way. All right, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. I, I have been told by Samuel <laughs> that I'm gonna be king. God, there's a promise on my life and I'm gonna do this God's way, not my way. And my prayer for you is that you would not throw spears, that you would lock in and trust, just trust, build that. God, I, I trust in you. I'm gonna do this your way. And in so doing, it is the way of humility. It's the opposite way of pride. And pride is easy. And pride and revenge, oh, revenge is fun for a moment and regret forever. Forgiveness is hard in the moment, but has fruit forever. So choose in the moment, all right? I could stab, <laughs> but I'm gonna just make the statement, I'm, I'm out. I trust in God. I am not gonna kill you today. I'm not after you. My trust, this, this thing, this thing was built, I'm just, I'm just God's servant. That's the thing that I love about David. It's that I'm just God's servant. He prays that in Psalm 31. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. What is he saying? He said, I'm just yours. You want me in the cave? I'll be in the cave. <laughs> you want me in the field? I'll be in the field. You want me in the palace? I'll be in the palace. I'm just yours. Into your hands. It's, it's, it's your hands. It's not my plan. It's not my way. I just trust in you, but I am not about to take things into my own hands. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radiant Church, please click Give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radiant Church? Check out radiantintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.